Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, a weekly interview show about art, craft, and creativity. This episode of Craft Sanity is sponsored by jewelry artist Catherine Hodge. Shop her original jewelry line at katherinemarissa.etsy.com and read her blog at averywinslow.blogspot.com. This episode of Craft Sanity is also sponsored by postedstitches.com. Check out the new art quilts posted monthly over at postedstitches.com. I have a special guest host with me here, Abby Rose Haywood, our Vice President of Fun here at Craft Sanity, and she is helping me out while her sister is on a special shopping trip with Grandma. Are you having fun? Yeah. Do you remember who our guest is? Uh, no. No? Okay. Well, that's all right. I will handle that. <laughs> this week, I'm really excited to bring you a chat with Kara Angelata, the 20-something co-owner of Sew Betty, a collection of original fabric pattern designs, sewing patterns, and craft project tutorials that you've probably seen on the web. And they have a really great line of original fabric that they sell. They're only selling 100 yards of each print that they make. So it's limited edition fabric. Kara was really great about sharing some of the information about how they started their business, how they run it, uh, how they do their pricing, and uh, where they get their fabric printed. What's really interesting, too, about Kara is she is, unlike a lot of the people I talk to who are working in a professional career and looking to make a switch and, and go more into a creative self-employment situation, Kara is in an interesting situation because she's in medical school. So she is on her way to be a doctor, and she is running this crafty business on the side um, as if going to medical school is not, you know, I mean, that is, a, that is more than a full-time job, but she's using this craft business as an, a creative outlet, and she loves it, so it's something that she hopes to continue. I also wanted to point out that on her website, and I'll have links to all of her sites on uh, craftsanity.com, you can check out the cool apron pattern that she's selling for $5. So um, check that out. Also check out all the great prints that she and Mark have. And uh, stick around after the show and find out how you can win a fat quarter of this lovely fabric. Yeah, so let's get to that interview. Well, Kara, why don't you tell me a little bit about So Betty? So Betty is a collaboration between me and my boyfriend slash business partner, Mark Fezerick. And... Basically, what we tried to do was combine our two art-slash-craft interests. So I'm, a couple years ago, got really interested in sewing again. And Mark is a graphic designer for a publishing company here in Chicago. And he also is a fine artist. He trained at the Art Institute in Chicago and um, as an oil painter. So he's got just a really good eye for graphic design. So we decided to start making some of the sewing patterns I was working on into sewing tutorials that we could sell on Etsy. And um, so that's basically what we did. And then so our shop has sewing patterns, crafty kits, tutorials, and we just started a fabric collection, which we're really excited about. And the fabrics are all limited edition. We print each one in 100 yards um, because I was just so tired of working so hard on something and then seeing 
basically the same thing somewhere else online because there's just not that much cotton quilting weight fabric out there that's new and that's unique. So that's, yeah, that's basically our little business. We sell in boutiques. We're in like maybe 15 boutiques and then on our Etsy shop and then we have a standalone website which we just made this summer. Well, I was looking at your fabrics and it's really, really cool. You just didn't like how the fabric is the same everywhere you look. There's the same designs. I mean, you wanted to introduce your own line of fabric to the market or was that your motivation? Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah that was totally our motivation. Like, I just, I mean, I love Amy Butler. I love Denise Schmidt. I love all those fabrics. Anna Marina Horner. They're awesome, amazing fabrics and I can totally see why so many people are drawn to them. I just wanted to make something for when you're, you know, spending forever on a pattern and you really want it to be unique and you're spending forever on a sewing project that you could have a fabric that you knew nobody else would have. Right, because you're limiting, you said 100 yards, just 100 yards. Right. So that's just, uh, for the swimmers out there, that's like four lengths of the pool (laughs) of fabric. (laughs) And, you know, the thing that is really kind of cool about what you're doing is, I mean, you're actually giving people like a little certificate, basically like a collector's doll um, (laughs) you get with this fabric, you know, so you have like, it's limited edition fabric. And have you actually put any, have you sold all 100 yards of any of your designs yet? No, we haven't yet. We haven't yet. Is that going to be At first we were going to... We just started selling them a couple weeks ago. Oh, we okay, okay. Started. Well, then, okay, then I'll give you a little more time uh, to sell your fabric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hopefully next make, time we talk, it will be sold out. I don't mean to make you them. feel bad because it's been two weeks. <laughs> Heck, I have T-shirts I printed uh, a couple years ago that I'm still trying to sell. So, uh, so yeah, that's not too bad. Two weeks is not too bad. Tell people what what happens. They buy. You can buy. It's the smallest amount is like a fat quarter. Right. So at first you were gonna sell them by the yard, but. You know, because we're printing in such a small amount, the fabric has to be expensive for us to be able to afford to do it. So it ends up being $36 a yard. And so first we were going to sell it by yard, but then we thought, you know, that that really will shut some people out that might be interested in having a little bit of this fabric, but that can't spend that much for just one yard. So we decided to start to sell it as fat quarters. So it's like a limited edition of 400 fat quarters, which is the same as 100 yards. Okay. And... So who's buying this stuff? I don't know if you have any idea, like, who this is appealing to in the first two weeks since you've launched this. <laughs> Are you shipping all well, over the Well, you know, world? that's one of sort of the downsides of having an online business is you don't get to know too much about your customers unless they decide to share something with you. Mm-hmm. And so we know a little bit about, like, people will be like, oh, my gosh, I just love this, and I'm going to use it to, I'm not sure what I'm going to use it for, but I'm going to use it for something really special is kind of what we've heard so far. Mm-hmm. Are you shipping all over, like, out of the country or just around the United States? And For, like, in general, for our company, that's kind of one of the really cool things about being online is, you know, we have orders from Japan, we have orders from Australia, from Norway, Sweden, France. We sold to a boutique in Saudi Arabia, of all places, so it's really interesting to have this sort of little micro-brand online that can still be a global company. It's really exciting. Well, and you have quite a wide range, too, of the fabrics that you have available, because you have your um, Bulldog print, your BMX fabric, the Big Fat Rubber (laughs) Ducky uh, (laughs) which is really fun, and then there's also a little birdie print, and am I forgetting something? Do you have another print as well? Yeah, uh, we, we have, actually we the have mod like a new butterfly yeah, print. Yeah, actually, I think that's my favorite. 
the butterfly. That's my favorite too. Yeah. One of the the cool things about working with Mark is like well, we live together and watching like his design process and just like throughout the whole thing in terms of his like first tutorial was kind of like I mean I thought it was so awesome at the time but now seeing his latest tutorial which is our wristlet tutorial just the layout of it and the design is so much more intriguing than the earlier ones and I'm seeing the same thing with the fabric already so the mod butterfly was the last fabric he designed and I just it's my favorite I love it I just think it's it's like right on exactly what I would want to sew with. And so, I mean, I want to sew with all our fabrics and I have already, but it's just cool to see his design process develop as he learns more about sort of what people who sew want. And so are you guys sending this out someplace to be printed or how do you, I mean, cause it, yeah, we use, we, so this is sort of like one of the things I decided when we started so Betty that I was that I didn't want to be like top secret about all of our sources and stuff like that. Um, which I can totally understand why a lot of companies are because it takes so long to find people who will do stuff for you. Right, especially if you're doing small runs of, you know, you're printing just 100 yards um, and not going through a huge company and trying to, you know, do this, you know, blanket the United right. States with your fabric, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're using Spoonflower, which is a new company in, like, beta testing. and Yeah, they... I just actually signed up for, like, the information about that, which which sounds really cool. So you're you're um yeah, go ahead and explain a little bit about what that is. Sure. So yeah, I was so excited when I saw it because one of the things about we've been looking into printing fabric for the past year and a half and most companies require that you print a huge amount of yardage for it to be at all affordable. And so you might be able to get it down to like say like ten dollars a yard or something like that, but you have to order a thousand yards. So that wasn't what we wanted to do because we wanted to do these limited quantities. Plus, we don't have like ten thousand dollars around in a paper <laughs> right invested fabric. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, we live in a tiny little eight hundred square foot apartment in Chicago, and it's also our studio. And I just I don't even know where we would put the. Fabric. Well, you wouldn't need heat because you could just like put a layer of fabric, uh, like stack it up all around the interior of your apartment. <laughs> yeah, I mean it would be cool decorating because I love fabric, and my favorite place on earth is fabric stores. And that that would work well, actually. Maybe we'll have to rethink that plan. Yeah. But anyway, Spoon Spoonflower is a printing service that is just in beta testing. So right now, you can sign up for more information, and then they're gonna slowly invite people to start submitting designs just as they increase their capacity, but eventually it, everyone will be able to, is the idea. And they print on 100% cotton fabric from Robert Kaufman. It's a nice quality quilting weight fabric. And basically you can design anything you want. You upload it on their website, and then about two weeks later right now, although hopefully it will be faster, they're hoping to do next day printing and shipping in the next couple of months, um, they will print it and send it to you. So it's pretty cool. So do you kind of print on demand? Like if I ordered something today, would you guys then put in an order or do you have a bunch printed at a time? How does that work when you're getting your we, yardage back? We print on demand, yeah. So we'll order more. So like say you ordered a yard of one of our designs, I'd probably order like five yards of it when I ordered it from Spoonflower. So I'd have a little bit in stock, but I kind of wait. 
um, mainly because of, well, one, money, you know, I don't want to order 100 yards of something and then have no one buy it. Right, (laughs) right. Or 10 people buy it or something, and then you have all this fabric that, you know, you spend all this money on that you can't sell. So that's one cool thing about Spoonflower. And then also space, like I said, we we have a small apartment slash studio, so it's also a space thing. So as far as the price goes, is it cheaper the more you order? I mean, like if you order 10 yards, it's cheaper than if you just order one yard, or if you have an account with them, it doesn't really matter how many yards you're ordering? Or So I'm trying to remember their pricing scheme. So, so if you want to just order a fat quarter, I think it's $10. So we actually sell our fat quarters for cheaper than they are from Spoonflower because ours are nine. Oh, but if okay. you order... A whole because we base ours on the whole yard price, and so their whole yard price is eighteen dollars. I think I think that's correct. Okay, but so, it's not. If you order five yards, it's the same as if you order one yard. So, so you're not really marking up your your cost, really. I mean, because with, with everything you guys are putting into this, these are original. This is original limited edition fabric, and I mean that's pretty. I think the price is pretty reasonable for getting something that's kind of a collector's item, you know, for, for those of us who are fabric enthusiasts, um, this is something that you make yourself a little apron or something out of this. You're probably not going to run into a bunch of people around the block wearing the same thing. Um, of course, exactly. if you're like me, you probably won't run into somebody else wearing an apron outside your house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I'm one of the only people in West Michigan that does that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, well, so the, this sounds pretty exciting then. So this, um, this company launched at a good time for you guys because it's really opened up a new avenue for you to be able to print limited edition fabrics and, um, you know, kind of get those out in the marketplace. And, um, yeah, so it sounds like you're really happy to have your own fabric too. What is that like to sew with your own original fabric? Oh my God. It's so cool. Like I've always, always wanted to. And so it's just, it's so fun to make something and not only have like constructed it, but also to have been involved in the designing process. It's really exciting. I want to, like, cover the whole house in the fabric. I mean, I want curtains. I want bedspreads. I want shower curtains. You know, everything to just be all this fabric. Well, that's great. Because when you like your designs that much that you want to have, you know, it all over your house, that's a good sign. I think that's really exciting. I think it's inspiring, too, for other people that Spoonflower might be something that people might want to try down the road. But in the meantime, um, if they're looking for something original, they can check out your website. And we'll put links online so people can find you. You know, what I'd like to do now is kind of back up and let people know a little bit about you. Is this your full-time job? I mean, is this what you do all the time? Or what, what is your, your real life like? Do you have a, <laughs> a life that's not crafty, that's, that um, helps pay the bills for all this stuff? Or are you making a go off of this business? Well, unfortunately, I do have a real life. Um, well, most of I us actually, do. Don't feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Actually, I, I do like my real life a lot. Um, I'm I'm actually in medical school. You know, so. I read that, and I was just like, how in the world is she doing this and medical school? Because, you know, I watch Grey's Anatomy, and I know that's totally realistic. No, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I know. It's so exciting. Making out with all these hot doctors. <laughs> Not so much. You mean that doesn't happen? <laughs> no, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that show, it does crack me up because it's like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely entertaining and I'm completely addicted, but I just keep thinking, oh, please, you know. 
Yeah, I had to stop watching when Meredith put her hand inside that guy's body on top of a bomb to keep it from exploding. Oh, you were like, that's, like, that's when they jumped the shark. Yeah, that, I was like, that's enough. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Well, it's good that you have the self-control to pull yourself away because I'm still one of the saps that watches it every week that it's on. But um, so, you're, so you're in medical school. Where, where did you go for your undergrad? I went to Swarthmore. It's a liberal arts college outside Philadelphia. Are you going to be a doctor, or what is your ultimate goal? Right, right. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be a doctor in three years, which is really scary. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, why is it scary? Well, I just can't believe I'm going to learn enough in the next three years to to actually be able to practice medicine. But well, what, what everyone uh, does, so hopefully it'll work out. What type of medicine do you want to practice? I'm not totally sure yet. I change my mind a lot. I'm sort of one of those people that likes everything I try. So one of the things I'm thinking about is emergency medicine. Another is family medicine. And another is obstetrics and gynecology. So those are my top three interests. I'm really interested in, like, international health stuff. Um, I just got back from a trip to Nicaragua a couple weeks ago. I went with some of my classmates and some doctors at school, and we set up some rural health clinics, and it was just so exciting and fun and rewarding. So I really like doing that kind of work, so that's definitely one of my dreams. Oh, that's exciting. And so you're in, uh, what, what medical school are you in right now? Oh, in Northwestern? So after college, I moved to Chicago, and I lived here for a few years, and that's when I re-met Mark. We actually grew up in the same town in Ohio, and then... I really wanted to stay in Chicago. We both wanted to stay in Chicago. And so I was lucky enough to get into Northwestern, a medical school here that's in downtown Chicago. So it worked out perfectly. And I just started a year ago. I have the summer off, and then I start again in a month or two. So do you try to sew as much as you can when you're during the summer? I mean, do you have time to do do that? Yeah, this is the one summer off that we have. But, yeah, I mean, I've always made crafting, I think, like a lot of us. This is, like, a really important part of my life. It's the way I relax when I feel the most calm and centered. And so I really try to do it as much as possible, even during the school year. And one of the nice things about having an online business is it's not like you have hours when I have to be here then or I have to be here at this specific time. I mean, I can do it really late at night or I can do it when I take a break from studying. Um, so that works out really well for us. And then also Mark has a little bit more flexibility in terms of his, when he's not at work time, he can spend more time on the business. Well, that's cool. So it sounds like you make this work and it fits into your life because you're, while your medical school is very demanding as far as time, you can't be like, well, you know, I got to go ship some fabric right now. Can you guys just cover me for a while? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it sounds like. You're going to have to wait. Yeah. So it sounds like this is a a great business in the sense that you can, you can be, you know, checking your Etsy shop or whatever at 3 a.m. if that's the only time you have, you know, and it's, you know, it's not like you're waiting for people to walk into your business. Um, so do you see this as something that you're always going to continue even after you have the big MD after your name? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to sound so, so naive, and I can't believe this is my initial thought process. But when I sort of first discovered Etsy and Mark and I were thinking about, oh, let's try this out, and Etsy such a great testing ground for products, and you can kind of see what appeals to people without, you know, investing 
thousands of dollars in producing a huge line of products. Right. You can test one or two and see how it works. And so I was really excited about it. And I was thinking, oh, we can pay for medical school this way. <laughs> you know, we'll start this Etsy business and then we won't have to take out loans for my living, half of the living expenses and for tuition and this will be perfect. And, you know, then I can not worry about what kind of medicine I'm going to because I'll be able to pay back my loans. Well, I mean, it turns out that crafting is not um, as lucrative as being a doctor, which I don't really know how I didn't really think about that. But um, so, yeah, so, I mean, we, we it definitely helps. The money definitely helps and make ends meet, but mm-hmm. it's, we're certainly not, like, you know, making millions of dollars or even really tens of thousands of dollars at this point. But eventually... You know, Mark would like to be able to move to doing this more full-time and doing his production graphic design work more part-time or freelance. So he would be designing more fabric. And we've interviewed people that have shops on Etsy that do really well. There are people that do make their sole income off of Etsy, and it seems like there's a growing number of those folks. So, yeah, you've had your fabric out for, you said, what, two weeks? You know, yeah, and we've had the patterns for like a year and a half. Yeah, well, I mean, um, who knows? I mean, things could pick up. I mean, yeah, I think uh, medical school is just so exp- well. I don't need to tell you that, but yeah, it is expensive. But um, the cool part about it is, you know, a lot of people to pay for ed- their education. You know, they're working drive-through windows or doing something they really don't like doing. Um, and at least the cool part about what you're doing is you're doing something you love. And um, right, yeah, no, I mean, I'm so I'm so lucky that you know I'm so young, but I found what I want to do in terms of a career. Yeah, and so, so do you think that you might be like a doctor with like a fabric store or something later down the road? <laughs> I, mean, I hope so. I hope so. That's definitely the plan is to just keep it going and sort of just see where it leads. Mark and I, um, Mark and me. I mean, that's that's what we're hoping to just keep going and see what what happens. I mean. At this point, our website, we have an Etsy store, and then we have a separate website, which is com. and we actually do better on our website now than we do on our Etsy store, which is exciting because we can, we have more control over the feel of it and the experience that the customers have on our website than we do on Etsy, So, and it's just exciting to see that the website is doing well. So that, that, you know, we're definitely growing every day when we're always trying to find new stores to carry our, like, headband kits and our different crafty kits and stuff. So it's it's definitely fun, and we'll just see what happens. Well, that's exciting, too, to have your own website now picking up speed. And do you get, did you guys design that yourself, or did you ha- hire that out? We did it, we did it ourselves. Yeah, because that's the benefit of having a... A graphic designer right in your house, you know. Um. Yes, exactly. I need this now. Uh, well, that's a good sign, too, that you guys can work together and still live together and everything's going wonderfully. That's that's, that's a good – I work with my husband, too. It's um, it's kind of funny because we, we met at the college paper and we've always worked together and we work together at the same newspaper now and kind of tag, wow. team, tag team raising two little girls. And we do um, – he actually was the one who – got me started on, you know, craft sanity and, you know, kind of said, Hey, you should do a podcast. I'm like, what's a podcast, you know? And then by the end of the conversation, I'm planning my first show, you know? So it was kind of ridiculous how the whole thing came together. But, um, but yeah, it's nice to have someone in, under the same roof who can complement your skills. Um, because for me, I, 
you know, I'm not able to, you know, do all the tech stuff myself. And, you know, it's kind of be nice to be able to say, hey, can you help me? Like, I have an interview in two minutes, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, that's really fun. Well, I think it's really kind of cool to see, because um, your background is different than a lot of um, people that are in the, the art and craft business. There's a lot of people who do their, you know, do their their art or craft um, and their dream is to make that a full-time gig. And, and it sounds like, you know, you're going with, you want to keep doing that, but you want to be a doctor. And um, that's really kind of interesting too. I mean, does it, you think that takes the pressure off you a little bit when it comes to your, the art and craft work that you do um, because you're, you're not trying to build this giant empire off art and craft, you know, you have this other career that you're pursuing. So does that make it more fun, do you think, to, to have this business? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, because I, I mean, I, I don't want to, but I mean, I, I could walk away from it and I told my student loans so I can still pay my bills. Um, but, but, um, yeah, I, th I think so. I mean, you know, on the other side of it, it's sort of unfortunate that Mark isn't here right now because I think for him, he would like to, to be able to do this a little bit more, like I said, maybe not quite full-time, but to have it be a bigger part of his income. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, there's there's two sides of it. For me, I know that I really want to be a doctor, and I want to keep this crafty business in my life for as long as possible. For him, I think he would love to be able to spend more time designing fabrics and pursuing opportunities related to the business than he is able to right now. Yeah, that's the thing. But all in good time. Yeah, the day jobs really get in the way sometimes. Oh, uh. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I know I, like, drive pretty fast to get home. Like, okay, I got to check, you know, and see what's going on. What do I need to do today to keep Craft Sanity going? Yeah, so it's um, it's fun. So it's kind of like you're, you're in some respects, um, kind of straddling two worlds here where you have your, the medical life and then the crafty business. And when, it, when this the whole thing started, I mean, what, what led you to even have an interest in fabric and sewing? I mean, did you start sewing as a kid? Yeah, I've always been really interested in arts and crafts. And I sort of had this just great, like, idyllic childhood. And my mom is a quilter, and she's really talented at quilting, and so she taught me how to sew when I was little, but I never really had the patience for it. You know, there was a lot of, the second the thread broke or I ran out of thread in the bobbin, you know, I never really took the time to learn how to do it myself, and a couple of years ago, she got me a sewing machine for like $20 at a yard sale, and it's this great old singer with a zigzag stitch and a mock overlock, and I love it. And, you know, it cost like 180 bucks to get it repaired, but it's just a great machine that she got me that I've just since then been just crazy about sewing. But as a kid, I was always really crafty. Like, she would find these great art classes from me and my best friend who grew up next door to take. Like, I can remember we used to take painting classes from this woman named Bernice that lived out in the country in this big old farmhouse. It was a gorgeous farmhouse, but she slept in a yurt in the front yard with her husband, and they didn't. no one lived in that, this big, gorgeous house, and they had this barn with all these horses, and Emily is my best friend's name, and we would take watercolor classes, and we'd paint horses, and she took our art so seriously, even though we were, like, 10 years old, and it was so fun. Wow. And, no, I'm curious about... What, that? I'm curious about this woman. You said Bernice was her name? And she lived yeah, in a Bernice yurt. Massey. She lived in a yurt in front of a really big house. 
but no one lived yes, in the house. Yes, Did I don't know if she still you? lives there. I mean, this was like, oh, like God, 15 years ago. Did she ever explain um, why she didn't live in the house but lived in a yurt instead? And yurts are cool. Yeah, I think her kids lived in the house. She had oh. older, like, adult children. I oh, think mine okay. lived in the house. Okay, because I was going to say, yeah. There was definitely space for her in this big old farmhouse, but... Yeah, she was just one of she's just one of those like earthy women that wanted to be as close to nature as possible. Well, she sounds me. like a dream to take uh, art classes from. I mean, who better to teach? Oh her? yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than an adult who can take a ten year old's artwork very seriously and you know make them feel like they are on the road to becoming Picasso. You know, <laughs> that is great. So that was your kind of your introduction to the art world, and yeah, and then we took. Emily and I also took, when we were same, like, age range, like, fifth to, like, eighth grade, we took weaving classes. I know you're a big weaver. Yeah, I love weaving. Yeah, and it's apparently it's coming back. It's on the cover of uh, Craft magazine. I don't know if you... Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like a, new... There's a big um, thing. It says, you can weave, and I'm like, right on, Craft magazine. <laughs> you can weave, you know. Yeah, so it's uh, interesting because um, they even have a, a pull-out little weaving um like a little paper loom that, you know, you'd have to go easy on this thing. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was kind of pretty cool that to see weaving get kind of come to the forefront. So you were on the cutting edge though. Um, cause you learned oh, yeah. a long time ago, what kinds of stuff were you making? Oh, mostly scarves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the, Actually, that's the easiest completely scarves. I think there might've been like <laughs> one blanket of scarves stitched together. Oh, that's funny. So what kind of loom were you working on? It was just a, it was a table loom. Um, you know, I couldn't do any, there was just like one, I forget what it's called. Like, you just know, there was only, the I could only do like a straight back and forth stitch. Okay. Okay. So it was just a basic setup and, but it got the job done. You, you were weaving up a story. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and I actually had the opportunity in college, I spent a semester I majored in history. I mean, I had, you'd asked earlier, I think I never even answered about if I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. And I did always know I wanted to be a doctor, but I always had all these other interests. And so I studied history in college and then took a semester and went to art school in Italy, in Florence. And it was amazing. I took a weaving class there again. Oh, wow. A, like a weaving school. Florence is really big in the textile industry. So... I took this weaving class, and it was so fun. Um, and then I got to use, like, a big floor loom and did this whole crazy, complicated rug that took, you know, hundreds of hours, but I loved every second of it. Yeah, so that's it. Do you think you'll get back into weaving? Like, I would love to. Right now, I don't have the space for a loom at all. Yeah, looms take up a lot of real estate, let me tell you. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I just rediscovered a. I bought a kids' loom before I even had kids. I was like, at some weaving guild garage sale thing, and I this woman was trying to offload this loom for twenty bucks. I'm like, that would be perfect for children. <laughs> I come home with it. And my husband's like, um, yeah, but we don't have any kids. <laughs> yeah, you trying to tell me? Something? I'm like, but someday this will be great, you know. So we've been storing this thing probably for I don't even know how many, like eight years or something, and um. Yeah, my oldest is four now, so we're going to get that out and uh, get it threaded up and uh, ready to go. So it'll be uh, that'll be fun. So it's not, yeah, but I can understand though, as someone who's harboring quite a few looms in my house, <laughs> <laughs> I, they, they do eat up a lot of space, and especially in um, you know, when you're in a small apartment or studio space. So, 
So it sounds like you'll have um you'll have a happy retirement <laughs> after oh, yeah. after medicine. I have, I have plenty of things to do. Yeah. So it's but it's um something that do you think I mean because you obviously and with someone who's you know health conscious and someone who's going into the medical field, what do you think about the whole you know what having a hobby like art or craft does for a person? Um, because you oh my probably... gosh! I mean, I think it's like one of the the best things you can do for yourself in terms of. I mean, you know, whether it's like music or you know, sort of exercising, you know, thirty minutes a day, which everyone should do, and I don't always do, but you know, sort of that. I mean, it's probably the best thing you can do for your health, in my in my opinion. I mean, just to have something that you can do that you can turn to when you're stressed out and find relaxing and it's healthy and you get joy out of it. I don't really think there's really much better than that. So have you done your residency already for, or I mean, what what stage are you at right now with medical school? Are you doing classroom stuff still? So I just, I took a few years off after college and I just started. So I'm like, have a long haul. So you're doing the, you're doing the classroom, you're mostly in the classroom Right. The first two years are classroom basic science learning. And then the next two years of medical school are, like interning, basically, which is sort of like a mini residency. You follow around doctors and you learn to do what they do when you're given tasks that are appropriate for your stage in the learning process. And then after that, you're finished with medical school, and then that's when you start residency. Okay. Okay. So you're you're starting this fresh now, and I, I imagine that um, you might be one of the residents that might have a project in the in the locker room or in the uh, wherever they have you put your stuff at the you know, <laughs> yeah definitely um, and maybe instead of being um you know like the Grey's Anatomy folks are always doing you know just really uh skanky things <laughs> you'll maybe be right. or something instead of like um <laughs> having like illicit sex in the locker or in <laughs> yeah. the like room <laughs> closet I'll be like knitting in the <laughs> locker room a little bit less exciting I don't think I'll get my own TV show, but. <laughs> but well, that's probably because um, I imagine that it's a stressful. I mean, I, well, I know it's a stressful, a stressful job. I mean, it's one thing that I don't think. Um, I don't know if I could if I could do that, you know. And it's something that um, it it takes. I think it takes a re- really great person to be able to um, deal with because you never know what's going to come through the door, you know. And you're in medicine, and you have to be able to know figure out what the problem is and sometimes the patients aren't honest with you and it's just kind of like a but I imagine there's quite a bit of excitement though that comes with trying to fit, solve the problem and help these people and then the satisfaction of when you actually do help the people um, that must be pretty cool but wimps like me yeah I mean it's really I mean it's like it's such a privilege to be like in a position where you get to help people when they're you know potentially feeling like very vulnerable and and it's just such a privilege to be able to work with them in that situation and hopefully make it better. And so where do you see this um, going with SoBetty? Um, and why don't we talk about, actually, I forgot to even bring this up, but um, how did you name your business? I think there's an interesting story there. Why, why don't you share that? Oh, yeah. Well, so sort of the center of Mark and I's life is our dog, Betty. And she is just, I'm petting her right now. She's pretty much I mean, everyone thinks their dog's the greatest, but and I'm no different. She's just really awesome, funny boxer. Um, and so, yeah, she's pretty much all we talk about all the time, so we couldn't really think of a better name than to honor her with the name of the business. 
That is a high honor for a dog, you know. And she was, <laughs> and she's printed. Is that her likeness that's printed on one of your fabrics or no? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Betty. That's Betty. I was gonna say that's that's actually Betty. That's pretty cool. So she is. Um, she has no idea how famous she is. Oh yeah, she's sort of a she's sort of a celebrity. She sits on her perch by the window and and um, inspires us with her cuteness all the time. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great that you have a dog that has enriched your life so much. And um, oh yeah, I don't really. We're actually we're going. I'm really excited, but I'm also kind of nervous. We're going on Saturday for a week to North Carolina with my my side of the family. It's my parents' 30th wedding anniversary, so there's like 20 of us going, and we're all staying in the same beach house, and we can't bring Betty with us. She's staying in a kennel for the first time. So oh, no. I'm yeah. like so excited for this trip because I get to spend all this time with, you know, my extended family and my brothers and my mom and dad, but... I'm really nervous about leaving Betty, and I'm afraid that Mark is only going to talk about her the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I have a dog, Alaska Malmute. Her name's Juna, and she is very, um, well, she doesn't do so well in situations where other people watch her. I know my sister came and watched her one time, and we were just gone for two nights, and <laughs> She like would sit with her back turned <laughs> to my sister oh my and my brother in law and she, she like was the, she was the Yeah, and she wouldn't eat, you know, and she just um and she totally I mean, she's totally fine around my sister and my brother in law. I mean it wasn't like it was like she didn't like them or anything. She just was really depressed that we weren't here and um so it's made oh me gosh, it's made me so really sad. sad. She's nine years old and we haven't really traveled, like really we haven't really gone anywhere like away from her because she's just you know, just so finicky you know and I, it's ridiculous because you you fall in love with these little puppies and you don't think like I never thought it through like I thought well I had a dog like this when I was a kid and I'm gonna reclaim my childhood here and have this, this yeah. precious little Alaskan male mute well she grew up to be like an 85 pound furry beast you know <laughs> and it's just yeah it's yeah it's but it's really I mean I love her and you know it's just you know, the challenges of, of being a dog owner you know but yeah it is hard when you have to leave a pet behind uh, but I'm sure. Oh my gosh! I hope I hope Betty isn't depressed. All well, no, week. I don't think Betty seems like she's going to be a little more, uh, you know, just from what I'm gathering here. She seems like she's got some personality, and my dog is probably the most challenging dog on the planet. So I, I think <laughs> that um, Betty's going to be fine. Um, just... Well, my other yeah, my other fear about the dog is that she'll just you know turn her back on us right away because this she'll be like this ridiculous who are fancy they? dog you know? that she'll be staying at. They have, like, doggy daycare during the day, so she plays with all the other dogs in this, you know, fancy daycare with, like, a pool for the dogs. And, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, like, nicer than my worst thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think she'll be fine. I mean, my dog got actually kicked out of um, one of those type of things. We were taking her for the day camp kind of um, training when she was a couple years old, and she, um, I guess, didn't play well with others, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, and you just feel so embarrassed like you're like oh my yeah. god my dog yeah, you, and you can't like you i mean it makes me have so much respect for parents of young children that haven't learned language yet because you just want to you know just explain to them and reason with them about their behavior but it just doesn't work like that right right yeah it prepared me well <laughs> for my children because um i'm now just able to explain to my four-year-old like why something was not the right move you know that's not a good idea to do that, you know. With the two-year-old, it's like forget about it. You know, you just kind of – she just kind of looks at you like, yeah, that's nice, but 
it's not really sinking in, you know, but it, yeah. So Juna prepared Mom, us. Look how cute I am. Are you sure you want to be mad? Yeah. And, and Juna prepared us well for the whole parenthood adventure, which is quite an adventure, but I mean, it's great, but, um, there are moments when your kid decides they're not going to walk anymore and you're trying to carry groceries out of store and <laughs> it's just, and you just kind of, oh, you just kind of look at the people around you. Like, I am so sorry for this disturbance and <laughs> you just try to get to the car as quickly as possible. But so Betty's going to be great. And, um, and I think it's just so, so wonderful too, that you guys just have used, you know, kind of made her the, um, kind of mascot of your business. Cause it makes it really fun you know so it's yeah oh it's so fun and i mean that's kind of like why we have a couple of those dog themed fabrics the bulldog fabric is my actually my friend emily my best friend from growing up who i took the art classes and the weaving classes with that's her dog her and her husband have a dog named gatsby that's a bulldog and so that's that's his likeness and that one fabric oh that's cool so you have um yeah yeah so you have a bunch of um so the, these are personal um, images for you, not just some. Yeah, the rubber ducky fabric is Mark. Like I said, he's an oil painter, and um, he just he did a painting with. I mean, it doesn't at all look like the fabric, the rubber ducky fabric. I mean, it's, his style is like really sort of. I don't know how to describe it. Like kind of like edgy and. I mean, he paint, he paints like figuratively, but there's like a definite like sort of abstract edge to the textures he uses and stuff. And he has like a duck image on this painting, and so that fabric is based on this painting that he his last painting that he just finished. And so everything he's kind of drawing. Um, well, that's cool how he's blending kind of two thing his painting with his design work for fabric, and that's the cool part now with all the things available. You know whether it's Companies that allow you to print your own fabric to just the computer applications, you can mix up, you know, more than one medium and come out with a cool new product. So that's got to be fun to watch him develop all these things right right there where you live. Yeah, it's really fun. My mom says we um, parallel play. It's like a, she's a psychologist and it's like a developmental stage. You're, your four-year-old or maybe your two-year-old probably like right at that stage where when they have friends over to play, they sort of do the same thing next to each other. Right, they're not, they're not really, really interacting. interacting. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's what my mom says about us. <laughs> we'll both be doing our arts and crafts right next to each other all day, but we aren't really, we're enjoying each other's company, but we're not really interacting, you know. Yeah, well, that's so you have your own little craft club, right, in your own, under your <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, that that's really cool, and I see that your, well, your stuff, too, is quite a variety, because you sew, you have your, the headband pattern and tutorial that you do. Um, it's actually kind of a kit. And then um, the you also have some embroidery stuff that you're doing, the Russian nesting dolls. Is that one of the newer things? Yeah, I just I just added that at someone's request the other day because I had done this. My parents just moved out of the house that we grew up in, and they found my collection of Russian nesting dolls from when I was a little girl. There's maybe like, I don't know, like eight dolls or something. And... Um, so I was just so excited to find these. I'd forgotten about them, and Mark drew a few of them for me, and I embroidered them. And then someone had asked if they, you know, if we could make it into one of our patterns. So that's our latest little pattern. I just added it like a week ago. So that's really cool. And so these are um, people. Then they get the they get the design, and then um, they just can transfer it on 
to embroidery. Yeah, so it's like it's like Mark's artwork. It's just a PDF file of Mark's artwork, and then you can transfer it, you know, with a transfer pen or tracing paper or whatever. Yeah, or just hold it up to the window, which works. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I like tape it to the window with masking tape, and then try not to press too hard so I don't break the window when I trace it. Yeah, I actually tra- um, make patterns that way too, or you know, that paper is so thin that patterns come on. So I will have the pattern up there, especially if I don't want to cut it and I don't know what size I might make next. I just take freezer paper and t- tape the pattern up to the window and tape freezer paper over it and trace the size I want. And, oh, that's um, a good idea. It looks ridiculous, though, because I've had neighbors, like, kind of like, what <laughs> is she doing? But I'm always doing crazy. I'm always taking pictures on my front porch of little items for my <laughs> for my blog, you know. So, um, so yeah, the window, natural light is um, really great for that because so you don't need a big light box. You can just use what you have. So th- so that's so you're branching out like in all different directions here from um Yeah, I mean I've always like we're trying to like keep it focused on like in the sense of like crafty like tools for other people to use, but that's sort of the broad category that everything pretty much falls under. But yeah, but I mean I have like all these different craft interests and Mark is really into like drawing and design. So anything if I'm like, oh I'm want some more embroidery patterns and I can ask him to like help me work on that. Well, that's really great. People are usually going the other direction where they're in a day job, they've been in a career for a while and they're looking to get out of it and they can't seem to get out of it fast enough. Um, that's not the case with everybody, but um, a lot of people are looking to make their craft business, their full-time business. And while your, your business partner um, is more interested in going that direction, it sounds like you are, you know, kind of going to do this um, as kind of a, way to just have a great creative outlet and um, kind of keep you sane through your medical career. So um, it's kind of an interesting, I think it's a great perspective because um, you're not trying to um, flee something or, you know, (laughs) get away from a career because you're, you're quite happy doing what you're doing. But what do you think the future of this business is going to be? I mean, do you see yourself doing this, you know, for years and years, or is it just kind of a medical school, you know, pay the bills kind of thing for you right now? No, it's definitely not just uh, a short-term thing. I mean, Mark and I hope that we'll always have a creative business and hopefully this one, but, you know, we're open to seeing where it goes. But, no, it's definitely not a short-term plan. I mean, we're definitely interested in doing a upholstery weight fabric line in the future. Oh, and that, that would be, be really fun. Yeah, that's like my big dream. That's what I really, really want. Um, And we want something that would be printed by hand, you know, like screen printed by hand. So we're looking into seeing how we can make that happen. Wow. Uh, Would you guys do the printing yourself, you think, or do you want to send it out to do? We, well, Mark screen prints. I mean, we could try to do it ourselves, but the problem is space. I mean, we we would definitely need a bigger studio space to be able to, you know, keep the fabric on the bolt and screen, you know, screen print in a consistent manner. So that's definitely something that we're thinking about down the line. Um, you know, we, we need like the other parts of the business to grow in order to support something that would be as big an investment as that. Right. Right. Well, that's, a, that's whether we did it ourselves or with somebody else. That sounds really exciting though. Because can you imagine like couches and stuff and oh my god it's so exciting like all decked out in your fabric that would be really awesome 
And yeah, I'm really, really, like, hoping that it happens eventually. So we'll see. I mean, the other nice thing about him having a job that he likes and me being in school is that we can sort of do things a little bit more slowly and get to a point where we feel really good about them. Yeah, and I think there's something, too, about when you're not completely working on the business 100% of your time. I know for me, I get ideas for how to what to do next with Craft Sanity or what to do with some of the other projects I'm working on while I'm you know, driving on the way to my assignment to go interview someone for the newspaper um, to kind of be able to kind of shift gears and kind of step away because I find that um, I've been on vacation from work this week and I've been thinking a lot about, okay, Craft Sanity and all these other projects I want to do. And it almost gets to the point where I'm not like stepping out of that frame of mind. You know, I'm, I'm not like going to my job to have that distraction or shift my focus. Um, so it almost seems like it's a little more, um, it's refreshing, I guess, when I do step away and do another thing. And that's sometimes when, um, when I'm not thinking so hard about, okay, what am I going to do next? Ideas just come to me, you know? So um, it's probably nice to have those, you know, it's, they're not really distractions because going to school from medical school is like a full-time job and you're definitely having a full-time job is a full-time job, you know, for your partner. So it's like, you know, but I don't know if you feel that way where, you know, it's kind of like, it's um, just in a way nice to have, um, you know, time where you step away and you're not just stressed about how to grow a business because you have other things to keep you occupied. That's definitely true. I also think there's something to be said in terms of budgeting time. It's kind of like when you're a little bit busier than you can say, okay, I'm going to prioritize this project in terms of my little bit of extra time and I'll try to get that done. Whereas if you have the whole day open, it can almost be like debilitating because you're like, oh, where do I start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been experiencing a little bit of that this week too because I have about five or six projects started. I haven't really gotten traction um, on many of them. And it's funny because I usually have no time when I'm working and I just don't have any time at all. And, but I get things done because I'm like, okay, I have an hour. I got to get as much done as I can. <laughs> and I get right, things done. Exactly. You know? I also get up a heck of a lot earlier too, when I'm <laughs> going to work. <laughs> so yeah, there's certain um, discipline. Yeah, it's a discipline thing. That's I, I do respect though, people who are running their own businesses full time and they have to be disciplined about, I mean, cause if you don't, if you can do your job in your pajamas and, um, you know, you have to be disciplined to actually get out of bed and do your job. You know, you know. I think. Oh yeah, that's, big time. People, I don't even think people really can fully appreciate um, those of us who grumble about going into the office and stuff. But I don't. I really do um, respect the people who have built their business and they stay at home and they set their own hours. Because while that's freedom sounds so enticing to the rest of us to not have to work for the man, um, I think it's really challenging at times when you have to you know, you're not motivated. You know your boss isn't checking to see what time you get to your desk in the next room. <laughs> so exactly. you might not feel motivated to get there right away. So, um, so yeah, that's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, those of us with jobs and other things say, oh, if only I could do that full-time. But, you know, there's some pros and cons to that. So, well, I'm excited about the future of So Betty. I'm really excited because I think to be able to see a So Betty couch <laughs> oh my gosh you're making me like so, drool I'm so awesome. I'm so hoping that happens sooner rather than later yeah well I think it's gonna happen especially if you guys are so excited about you know what you're doing I mean I, if you're pumped up about it and you're really excited because you guys have been together with this business you launched your business what you said it was about a year and a half ago you started selling right. patterns and you're still excited about it I think that's a good sign because usually people um 
you know, don't make it through the, the first year of business if it's um, just a terrible experience, you know. People right. are like, enough, enough for me, you know. And so you guys are just coming up with more ideas and now the fabric line. And, um, yeah, it sounds really great. And I don't know if you have any words of advice for uh, the folks at home that might be at that stage you were maybe a year and a half ago where they have this idea and they want to start, you know, their Etsy shop and they want to kind of get out there. What do you, what, what do you think people should do first or what do you wish you would have known then that you know now about starting a business? Well, I think I think that I wish I had had like a little bit more patience with it. I mean, I still am impatient. You know, if we have a day where we don't sell anything. I'm like, oh, that stinks. You know, no one likes their stuff, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I just, I think learning patience is just a continual process with this. And that that's one thing that has been just a constant struggle to be patient with it. And then I think in terms of advice, like there's, if you want to start an Etsy shop, definitely check out the forums on Etsy. There's almost more, almost an overwhelming amount of advice on the forums from people who really know what they're talking about and are so generous with their advice. There's some great blog articles on starting shops. And I think I linked to a few of those on my blog. Um, that are really helpful in terms of starting shops. Um, another great resource is the Switchboards, which is a collective of indie women business owners. And so any any type of independent business owned by a woman can participate in these forums. And it's mostly craft-related, like people with candle companies or jewelry companies or um, blogs that they're earning a living from or trying to earn a living from. And everyone is so generous with the knowledge that they share with each other. And so that's another great place to look. And most of the people on that website have their own website. They're not, they might have an Etsy shop like I do, but they also have their own website. Um, And they talk about sort of the pros and cons of each, which is really useful. Well, what have you found? It sounds like in your case right now, there's a shift has happened where you're selling more stuff through your individual website than you are in Etsy. What what are the pros and cons, you think, just in your own experience? What has been um, your experience between the two? I mean, what do you think um, is better? I think just starting out, Etsy is probably better because it's so easy and it's, it's such a minimal cost. I think it costs, it's free to open a shop and then it's like 20 cents to list something and then they charge maybe 3% or something of if you sell something, they take 3% or I forget exactly what the percentage is, but so, you know, essentially it only costs you 20 cents to list something. And if you don't sell it, you're only out 20 cents. Whereas if you put all this time and money into building a website and then no one comes to it, you know, you might, you're out a lot of time and a lot of money. Um, so I think Etsy's definitely a great place to start and to sort of figure out your brand and, and what, what you want your company to look like and the feeling you want to give your customers is a great place to start on Etsy. And then in terms of taking the business to the next level, I I do think it's important to have another website just because Etsy is so big now and there's so many customers on there that like any type of, and so many different sellers on there, which makes it great because you have this built-in audience, but if you want to do any kind of advertising campaign or, marketing efforts, then you're directing people to 
a website to say buy your silver jewelry when there's like literally thousands of other jewelry artists on there. Right, so you're actually promoting everybody else's work too, which... Right, which is a great thing about the community, but it's also if you're going to have like a big expensive ad campaign, it doesn't make a lot of business sense. Right, right. You want to have them focused directly on your your business, which makes sense. So, um, well, I think that's great advice because you're right. I mean, if someone comes out and they're just starting out and they want to sell their, you know, prints or their, you know, paintings or whatever they're making, to spend several hundred dollars on a custom website when you don't know how your items are going to sell or even how you're going to like being in this business, um, you know, Etsy does offer a, a great uh, way to do it on the cheap, you know, and uh, it's just, it is challenging to get your work noticed if, you know, you're lost in a sea of these, you know, that thou- well, probably millions of photos of <laughs> great stuff. You know, I know I've lost several hours of my life just looking at people's work, <laughs> which oh, yeah, I mean, it's, like, yeah, it's like, I'll never get back the time and I don't regret it. I'm not sorry about it at all, you know, cause it's beautiful stuff and so inspiring and, um, it's fun to do Christmas shopping. You know, if I try to buy, uh, or I make a lot of, of, of gifts, but, um, for some things that are just outside my skill level, it's fun to be able to like, you know, shop around at the art shows locally and then see what you can fill in the blanks on, you know, on online shops of, of handmade goods. So that's really great. So it sounds like for you, was that kind of a big step then when you go from having an Etsy shop to having your own shop? And how, how long did you wait before you had your own shop online? Well, we had we had our own website pretty much since the beginning, but it directed back to Etsy in terms of the, the shop. shopping, okay. Um, which a lot of people do, and it's just nice because, you know, like we bought the domain name, SoBetty.com, and for people who aren't familiar with Etsy, it, it makes it a little bit easier for them to find that website than SoBetty.Etsy.com. Right. Um, and then um, in terms of the store, having the store capability, I, I guess it was probably like like 10 months after we first started listing on Etsy that we had an actual store capacity on our website. So we, we waited a good while. And so now it's um, something that, you know, is, is it pretty easy to do your own? Yeah, we used, we used um, Big Cartel. There's a lot of different shopping cart options and, like, hosting options, like Yahoo has one, um... I can't think of the others off the top of my head. I like Big Cartel because it caters to small businesses, and so it's really, really easy to use. You don't, you don't really have to know anything about HTML. I mean, I, I know like really bare minimum stuff, and so I was able to customize it a little bit. But even if you don't know anything, you can you can do it. And they have different price options. So it's like if you want to just have five items, then I think it's free. And then if you want to have like up to 100 it's like $20 a month. So it's still pretty affordable. Well, and they don't take any percentage of your sales. And so unlike if we sell, I mean, the price is obviously the same, whether you're buying a SoBetty product in a boutique on our website or on our Etsy store. But right. we keep a greater percentage of the profit on our, if you buy it on our website because um, Big Cartel doesn't take a percentage. So you're just paying for that service that they're providing. 
Right. And, but, and then at the same time, you don't have the built-in community that Etsy does. So when we list something on Etsy, there's all this traffic that we wouldn't have access to on our own website. So you're kind of, it's almost like a listing on Etsy. It's like a little mini advertisement. So it sounds like, I mean, do you plan to keep both shops, like keep your Etsy shop and keep listing things there and still have your your individual shop? I mean, do you plan to do both parallel tracks there? I think so. I mean, for the time being, unless it gets to be too much work. But, I mean, as long as we're selling the occasional item on Etsy, then we'll keep that store, I think. Um, and then in terms of now, our, our website is actually getting more traffic than our Etsy shop does in terms of sales and then also views. And so, you know, all of our promoting efforts and stuff are pretty much aimed at our website as opposed to our Etsy shop because that's the direction we'd like to move in. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun to – I like – I will just love Etsy. I love the idea behind it. I love the community there. So I don't see us leaving Etsy anytime soon or if at all. Yeah, because it, it seems like it, it definitely serves everybody well to be there, you know, to at least have a presence there. So if everyone... Yeah, and it's fun. I mean, it's just like, it's just fun to see what people are doing and to talk to them and see their shops and stuff. Yeah, I think that's great advice for people, though, if, it's, if they're starting out to, um, you know, there's ways to do, to do get into this business without spending gobs of money and taking out tons of loans because... Yeah, and like just that. along those lines, I also think it's like really important to price your work in a way that you can make money from make money from it or else there's no point in selling it. You might as well, you know, give it as gifts or keep it for yourself. But, you know, you see a lot of like new shops on Etsy that just so underprice their items in a, in a way that it's, you know, you know, they're not going to be there a year from then because there's no incentive to sell if you're not going to make a, at least enough money to do your next craft project. Mm-hmm. And so how do you set your prices? What what kind of, do you use a certain formula? Yeah, we do. So, I mean, our our stuff is different than a lot of handmade. I mean, our stuff is handmade in the sense that we design it all ourselves and a lot of it we produce ourselves, but it's not not like um, the same as if someone makes like a baby onesie by hand. But so the way we price our stuff is we, we generally take our cost what it costs us and then double it which is sort of standard like retail pricing and then Mm -hmm. if if something is the way wholesale works for boutiques is that they the wholesale price is half of the retail price generally sometimes it's like half plus 10 percent um so like if you buy something at a local boutique they've bought it generally for half of what you're paying for it and then that's how they cover their other expenses and then make a little bit of profit and Mm -hmm. so for like our pitch and our items that we sell wholesale, we take our cost and I usually like since we're selling multiples of things, I'll like throw in a certain amount that like, okay, I wanna get paid like a dollar a piece in terms of profit and then we double that and that's our wholesale price. And then we double our wholesale price and that's the retail price that we sell it for on our website. Okay. So you just kind of that to... makes any sense at all? Yeah, when I think it's it's, I'm glad you explained that, and thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people really struggle with the pricing. And you're right; we've all seen the people who come out, and it's really, really cheap stuff. And um, you know that the person that they're not being paid for their work, and it also then makes it harder for the people who are out there charging a little bit more 
to sell their work because, you know, it's people are like, oh, I can get it really cheap over here. And that person, you know, is probably struggling to just continue to make things for a price. Right. And also just kind of devalues the quality of their work. You know, I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I'm willing to pay a little bit more for something that's really special and really well made and that's going to come in the mail like a present in a really cute package with a little thank you note and I don't know. I'm I'm willing to pay a little extra for that. I mean, that's why I shop on Etsy. You know, if I want to buy something super, super cheap, I'll go to the thrift store or I'll shop the sale aisle at Target or something. Right, right. Yeah, that's the beauty of having the Internet is that we can have access to a global market and, you know, be able to shop for things made all over the world. And so it's really, really quite fascinating to see what's happened in the art and craft world because it's like a giant bazaar every day. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's awesome. Yeah, which can get expensive, so you have to keep ourselves in check. But um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just wonderful. It's great to be able to see everybody's work and, and see, read their blogs and all that. And I know you keep up with posting on your blog pretty frequently, so um, we'll direct Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to blog quite as much when I start school back, but I like doing it. It's fun to be able to share your work and hear feedback and share great resources. And also, for me, it's sort of like a little archive of like I have a tag that I use on my blog of things I want to try and then I'll sort of go click on it every once in a while and I'll remind myself of oh yeah I wanted to try this or I wanted to contact that place or Mm -hmm. whatever yeah it is kind of like a little um you know almost like a journal of what we've yeah exactly yeah so it's really fun well I don't know if there's anything else that you'd like people to know about so Betty or you or you know your plans or anything else you'd like to say about your work that I didn't ask I guess just you know we love to hear people's feedback we love comments on our blog and to see what people are thinking about our products or you know criticism or compliments or whatever we we just really love to be able to interact with people we love to see photos of things that people are making with our fabrics and stuff so please share is and then also watch out for our upholstery fabric in the future. Yeah, I think that's going to be really awesome. It's very awesome to see that. <laughs> I love kind of catching people on their way up, which is really great because I think big things are in store for you and Mark. And um, well, thank you. Yeah, I think it's going to be really um, fabulous to see what kind of other couches at the uh, big <laughs> home show. You guys would be sitting there on a cool couch. Uh, oh, I hope selling so. your fabric, you know, and then if someone goes into cardiac arrest at the event, you will know what to do, you know. Right, <laughs> so, right. So be the safest craft show or art show possible because <laughs> there's a doctor in the house, you know. So yeah. um, good luck, look, good luck too with um with medical school and you know, you. your business and all that exciting stuff. I'd say this is probably you the smartest too. the smartest way to go into a craft business is to you guys are smart because one if one of you is going to have a medical degree, <laughs> you're not going to have to worry about the financial aspects of uh, funding a craft business so much after you get those loans paid off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in so. another 30 years. <laughs> so yeah, in about 40 years, you're going to be doing just great. You know, Home right? free. <laughs> no, I, in all seriousness, I think you're going to do really well. And, and thanks again for sharing Thank your you. story. Thank and, you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. So what did you think of that show, Abby? Good. Yeah, what did you like about it? Uh, I liked about it when you said the doctor part. Oh, the doctor part? You think it's cool that that Kara is going to be a doctor? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, thanks. a special thanks to Kara for being such a great guest this week. And a special thanks to you, Abby Rose, 
for helping me co-host the show this week. Uh, for those of you looking to get your hands on some So Betty fabric, I have links um, over at craftsanity.com so you can uh, find the shop, the So Betty shop, and pick out your favorite fabric. And what we're going to do for this contest, I will give you guys until, let's say, um, Saturday the 27th to respond to the question. And the question this week is, what would you like to see Kara and Mark print next on fabric? Now, keep in mind that they want to do upholstery weight fabric. What image do you think would look fantastic on a couch? So give that some thought, and then respond by posting your comment at craftsanity.com under the write-up about podcast episode 85. So if you're the winner, you get to pick your favorite fabric, and you'll get a fat quarter of that particular print. Do you think that sounds fun, Abby? Yeah. I want to also put out a special thanks to Catherine Hodge for sponsoring this episode of Craft Sanity. Uh, once again, I re- want to remind you to check out her original jewelry line at katherinemarissa.etsy.com and read her blog at averyandwinslow.blogspot.com. Thanks, Catherine, for sponsoring the show. The show is also sponsored by Posted Stitches. That is my other website that I just launched with Bev Lang over in Australia. Uh, we are posting our art quilts every month and uh, having a pretty good time. So we'd like to invite you to go check that out. And leave a comment and tell us what you think. So you guys have a fantastic week. And uh, I have some very exciting shows that I've taped. And um, I finally got the long-awaited interview with Amy Butler, which is really exciting. Uh, I've also uh, taped a couple other shows that are really... I don't want to spill all the beans at once here, but I've taped some really fun shows since we last chatted. So stay tuned for that. And, of course, um, please check out craftsanity.com and uh, leave a comment or send me an email if there's anything you want me to, to know or a guest you'd like me to interview. I'm always open to suggestions. Okay, folks, you take care. I'll be back soon. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit craftsanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email jennifer at craftsanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity. Okay, so what did you want to say to end the show? I had something else different. Okay, what do you want to say? Special to watch um the new the new the new um episode of this, but it works for me. <laughs> but here's the thing: people can't see us, honey. They're listening. So, what do you want to tell people about listening? Do you want to thank them for listening? But mom. Are you going to thank them for listening? Um, thanks for listening. Okay, that's very nice, Abby. Thank you.